Mishnah's Pashas Ve'ira, for the introduction to the beginning of the Geula. But Pashas Shmos ends off with the Taina of, of Moshe against the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Moshe comes to Hashem complaining that since he came to power, things only got worse. Yeshem Moshe, Hashem Yomar, Lama Reusalam, is that why are you doing bad to this nation? Lama Zashlachtani, why did you send me? Since I came to Paro to speak to him, it only got more difficult, as Chazal tell us. They had to make their own bricks, and they had to put that much more effort into it. And Klai Yisrael was complaining to Moshe, Moshe was complaining to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's going on? Why is this happening, that there's this difficulty? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the beginning of the era, now responds. A little unclear exactly what the response is, and how exactly Kosh Baruch is responding. But the parasha opens up, I appear to Avram, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, mm-hmm. I promised them to give them to Israel. So I heard the, the calling, the crying, the, the complaining, the groaning of Klal Yisrael. Remember the bris. And therefore, tell Klal Yisrael, I'll take them out from the burden of Mitzrayim. And I will take them out. And then the Kashbrocha continues. I'll make them a nation, etc. And then the parish ends. They Moshe says to Bnei Yisrael, they couldn't hear Moshe Rabbeinu's response. And the average question is, where is the, where is the response of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Moshe comes with a taina, Moshe comes with a complaint that seems to get worse, and it did get worse. They're working harder. It's more difficult. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds, I appear to Avram, to Yitzhak, to Yaakov. So Rashi deals with this somewhat, but it's surely in the Pesukim itself very unclear where the response of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. And what is his response? It got more difficult. It's harder. They're dealing with a greater struggle. And the Kosh seems to respond something. A number of sukkim, the six, seven sukkim here, which will deal with the response. But it's certainly unclear exactly what the response of the Kosh Baruch was. So I want to focus really on one word. Tell B'nai Yisrael, Ani Hashem, I will take them out from the Sivlos of Mitzrayim. The Sivlos is simply translated, the way our school translates here, is the burden, the difficulty of Mitzrayim. That's a simple translation. The Tver Shlomo, the Radomska, translates that word Sivlos very differently. And he says the key word in this entire response of HaKadosh Baruch was that word, Sivlos, with a different twist on the word Sivlos, what the word Sivlos can mean. Sovel, to be sovel something, sorry, to be the burden, could also come from the word similar of savlanus. When a person is sovel something, they wait patiently. And savlanus is the meaning of patience. And Tereshlomo says that a Baruch's response is that have patience. Wait and see. See how it's going to play itself out. And what does that mean? It's really based off a of medrash. The medrash is the beginning of the era. 
which is that Kodesh Baruch operates very differently than we would often expect and we would often hope for things to play itself out. The Medrash compares a Kodesh Baruch Hu's involvement to a doctor, and we know the famous Klal the Medrash brings down, Kodesh Baruch Hu brings the Rafua before the Maka. The Medrash says even more than that, that when Kodesh Baruch Hu is involved in the world, and particularly with Klal Yisrael, it's not just the Rafua is before the Maka, but often the Maka itself is the Rafua. The Medrash compares it like a bandage, that a doctor puts a bandage on a, a wound, and the bandage itself is part of the part of the refuah. That means part of what the doctor's using is tools, instruments, which cause sometimes the maca itself, or cut open something, and then uses tools which cause the healing, which are aiding the healing. And the Medrash says that Kodesh Baruch, whose involvement is often like the second part, we use the tools that he uses are tools that actually seem to be often part of the Maka, but actually the Rufu itself. And the Medrash's example is Yosef Atzadik, that Yosef's struggle and difficulty, certainly from the onset, looked like the greatest Maka, like the greatest, both for Yosef himself, for Yaakov, for the Shvatim. All of them seem to certainly have been suffering, they did suffer for many, many years with the entire episode of, of Yosef. And the Medrash says, but at the end, the fact that Yosef itself was sold, and went down to Mitzrayim, and went to the jail of Potiphar, and the Medrash says even more than that, the dreams themselves, right, this all started from the dreams. The fact that Yosef had these dreams, and told it over to his brothers, that seemed to have been the greatest cause for all this tragedy which took place, and the fact that the dreams itself, which really ended up being the Rafua, because when he translated Power's dreams, then Power made him the rule of Mitzrayim, says the dreams itself and the ability to see dreams and interpret dreams actually was both the Maka, or seemingly the Maka, and turned it to the Rafua itself. And the Medrash says that's the way Akash Baruch Hu will, then Hagar that Akash Baruch Hu has with the world and with Kal Yisrael is that when a person has Savlanis, doesn't use those words, but I'm just using the words of the Tver Shlomo. And a person is able to let itself play, let it play itself out. Ultimately, they're going to see we are Kodesh Baruch and how Kodesh Baruch Hu was involved in every step of the process. And the initial onset, it seems almost impossible to see where that's where the Yeshua is going to come from. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu takes that itself, makes the Yeshua. Now, why? Why is that Kodesh Baruch Hu's anhaga? Kodesh Baruch Hu's really want, wanting us to be able to see the Yad Hashem in it, and it's true, it needs time. Sometimes it's going to be, as we'll see, sometimes hundreds of years to be able to see that. But when that Anhaga, where Kosh Baruch Hu wants us to see his involvement, Kosh Baruch Hu will use the exact Maka to be the, to be the Yeshua, to be the Rafua, so we can see that Kosh Baruch Hu was involved every step of the way, and what he exactly thought was the Maka really was ultimately was the Yeshua. There's the, the episode with the Spanish Inquisition, I saw this from... Uh, Rav Moshe Mordechai Epstein, Yeshiva, he points out on this medrash, says that Klayoso was expelled from Spain, right? Tisha B'Av, 1492. That's when they were expelled from, from Spain. He says something else took place on that exact day. It was Columbus. Leaving the expedition, he says it took place on the same day. He left for his expedition, which he ultimately discovered in America, on that same exact day. 
So he says, very fascinating. So the person living through that Takufa, that period, time period, certainly being expelled from Spain, sees the tremendous onish, the tremendous difficulty that Klausa went through. And ultimately, on that very same day, what seemed to be a tremendous windfall for Spain was that he discovered America. So one would think this is like the greatest tragedy. It doesn't make any sense. Like Baruch, not only on that very same day, all the other were expelled from, from Spain, but Spain seems to have been rewarded by that very same day finding this country which ultimately brought them tremendous wealth. He says, how is that possible? How is it possible that Kosh Baruch allowed it to happen? And he said that it's only if you fast forward hundreds of years later, right, 250 years later, when America was, ended up being the greatest Hatzalah, the greatest saving for Kalah Yisrael, right, whether it was in terms of the, in the Holocaust itself, it was, it was a place where Yidu were, for the most part, welcomed and able to come to as a, as a, as a place of, to save themselves and end up being protected from all the tragedy of Europe whether it was the Russians when they were left, when they were escaping from the Iron Curtain and communism, the greatest place they had to go to was America and the land of the free and the home of the brave to be able to come to and practice Yiddishkeit and religion. She says that ultimately the discovery of America served to be the, one of the greatest atzalots. And what's famous, the Nefesh HaChaim, Rav Chaim Velazhin wrote this in the, right, this is 150 years ago, right? Nefesh HaChaim wrote that the last place for Kalayus or before Mashiach will be America. Divrei Nevi is almost because it's, we, we see it coming true. Unfortunately, it came true because Europe, even though it, it, as it was the greatest home right, to, to Yidin, right, pre-World pre, uh, World War II, Fashachayim already predicted that wasn't going to be the ultimate last place before Mashiach. And he says the last place before Mashiach will be America. Incredible Divrei Nevi And the Slavatka Rashiva is pointing out that this exact Makkah, right, the fact that Jews were sent out, and that's exactly when Columbus left, and because that was ultimately going to be the Hatzalah, the greatest place where Kalaiso would thrive and survive in America itself. And he says another example of the Kashparuch who uses the tragedy, or part of the tragedy, to be able to go and that, that be the Hatzalah itself. And it takes someone seeing a span of history of hundreds of years to be able to recognize and see the Yad Hashem. We are all fit in, we are Kresh Baruch Hu's involvement is, and how exactly it plays itself out. And sometimes it doesn't, doesn't happen in one's lifetime, or even beyond that. And it takes that, but that's the idea of Savlanis. Sivlos Mitzrayim is the ability to wait, to, give, to have patience, to wait for a, a Kresh Baruch Hu's hand to be shown and to be seen exactly play itself out. And the Tver Shlomo says, that this difficulty, the challenge of Kalayas or working hard was ultimately for the greatest benefit. That was the Yeshua itself. Why? Because right, the, f- the famous idea, the Medrash says, that Kalayas was supposed to be in Mitzrayim for 400 years, and the reason why it was reduced to 210 was because of the difficulty of Koshi Yeshiva, the difficulty of the Shibud. And the difficulty itself allowed it to be reduced. Now, why was that so important? Because... Right, that Rizal says, and many others say, that Kalaiso wouldn't have survived for 400 years in Mitzrayim. Even one drop longer than 210 years, 
Klaus would have, been, would have fell to the level of Tumah they never could have gotten out of. Because I'll say they were on Mentev Shari Tumah when they left Mitzrayim, and ultimately had they stayed long, they would have fell to the lowest level of Tumah, which would have been irreversible. So Kosh Baruch did the, the greatest chesed. He made them work more difficult and harder in order to be able to reduce the years of Sheba, cut it down from 400 to 210 years, which ultimately allowed for the survival of Klai Yisrael. So Klaus was complaining and saying, how could this be? How is it possible? How can we go through this difficulty? And Kosh Baruch's response is, I'll take you from the, from the, if you have patience in Mitzrayim, if you're able to wait it out and realize there's a plan here, there's a goal here, there's a reason why Kosh Baruch made it more difficult, you may not see it today. You may not see it right now. But ultimately, looking back in the picture, you're able to see the necessity and the Yeshua which came as a result of HaKadosh Baruch making it more difficult. Incredible idea, and that's hidden in this word of Sivlo Savlanis, waiting patiently. And this is very difficult, because that means for us sometimes we're going to go through things which we will not see. You know, it's very nice when we see immediately what, why HaKadosh Baruch did this, and what the point was, and what the cause was. But as Mephashim was pointing out, it could take sometimes hundreds of years till we realize, and in this case it took the Kali to see the entire picture of, of Galas and Gula, so they're able to really recognize and understand why this was really part of the Yeshua itself. So beautiful idea. There's a, there's a Sefer called the, the Bechia. It's a very interesting story in the Gemara. It says Hillel was once coming back from a journey out of town and he was getting close to the city where his family lived. And as he gets close to the city, he hears screaming coming from one of the homes of of the city, seemingly coming from the direction of where his house was. And Hillel says, I, have, I am confident that the screaming is not coming from my house. That's what the Gemara says. And the Gemara says that because of his level of betachon, he was confident the ones coming from his house. So all of a a very basic question. Betachon does not mean that nothing bad will happen. Right? A person who goes through a situation and says, Betachon, I have betachon that for sure it's going to all work out. Well, it's not betachon. Betachon does not mean that. Kosh Baruch Hu has plans which certainly are way beyond their understanding sometimes. And betachon means not that I, I'm confident it's all going to work out the way I want it to work out. Betachon means I have full confidence that I, this is coming from a Kosh Baruch Hu who is doing it what is best ultimately for me. That's what betachon means. And that's a very basic rule on the thing what betachon re- refers to and what it doesn't refer to. First, I'm saying a very basic question. Hillel comes to the city. Here's the screaming coming from the direction of his house. He says, I'm, I'm confident that Betachon is not coming from my house. That's Betachon. Maybe, he's coming, maybe there's something happening in his house where there, some tragedy took place. And Betachon doesn't mean no tragedy ever happens. That's not what Betachon means. So where does Betachon fit into this concept that because he had Betachon, he knew it was confident it wasn't coming from his house. Maybe there was screaming from his house. Something did happen. Someone got sick. Someone, someone, there was a fire. Who knows what could have happened? Right? And there was a tragedy which took place. So where is the idea of Betachon fit in to Hillel not, or Hillel being confident that it didn't come from his house? And the Savior says an incredible thing. He says, of course, some tragedy could have happened. And of course, Hillel's Betachon doesn't say nothing bad ever happens. Things that seemingly are difficult and challenging certainly can happen. He says what Hillel was pointing out, that the screams wouldn't be happening. He said the screams come as a result of a person saying this, right, going through a situation, 
and screaming out in, in this panic and distress and crying out. When a person lives with Betachon, realizing that whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu did came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's ultimately for my benefit, says there is no place for screaming. There's no place for panic. There's no place for distress on that level. Now obviously it's a tremendous level. Right, that's a high level which is certainly beyond us. Right, that a person won't even have the ability to, to, to call out or cry out in pain. But Hillel, that's the point of the Gemara. And we're saying that Hillel knew that his family, and he raised his family to a level of betachon, where these, if there was screaming coming from the house, it couldn't have been his house. Because his house had a level of betachon where they understanding what civilos was, that things sometimes will happen, which may seem tragic, may seem difficult, may seem ultimately something which is negative, and ultimately that's really the best that's what Baruch wanted. That's what's best for the person to happen. And therefore, there's no place for screaming. No place for crying out. No place for distress and screaming out in that, in that context. Incredible idea. And the Sefer takes it one step further. He says, Hillel was the same one who instituted the Korech sandwich. Right? We say that, that we make this Korech sandwich by the Pesach Seder. We take the matzah and the maror and we put it together. And Rafushan struggled with what exactly was the goal of Hillel, what was the point of Hillel, what was he trying to show, what was he trying to point out. So the Sefer Bechia says that Hillel was, lived this level of being able to, right, he, as, as the Gemara says, he lived for himself, he taught his family, they lived on a level where they were able to express and understand this idea of Sivlos, that things sometimes are not understood immediately, Things are not necessarily appreciated immediately, but ultimately a person will see if waiting long enough, whether it's in this world or the next world, a person will have the understanding that everything will be clear. So he says that the idea of putting pes- uh, matzah and, and pesach together, and mara is exactly this idea. And mara represents difficulty, challenge, things which, we, which, are, not, which are not something which are very pleasant. Right? Matzah represents the gula. The fact that Klaiso went out and they had the matzos and they were saved, that was just the ghoul of leaving, leaving Mitzrayim. So Hillel put the two things together, made a sandwich of them, showing they're all one. That it's true, very often we can't understand how they're one, how the murder, the difficulty, the challenge goes together with the matzah, which represents Gula. But Hillel said if we understand and we can have the sivlos, we can wait, we can have the savlanas to realize that what Hashbaruch is doing, ultimately we'll see that they're all one that they're not independent. They're not something which is difficulty and pain and challenge and then gula, things like that. They're really all one. And through and because of the what seemingly seems like something which is tragic and difficulty, that's where the Yeshua comes. And that's really where Hillel was able to instill both in himself and his family that message to an extreme level where he says if there was screaming coming from a house, even if there was tragedy, it can't be from my house. It can't be that my family would have that that way of reacting to a situation which he instilled into them exactly the opposite. And this is, again, in, in a, a tremendous level in terms of how far Hillel took it. But every person on their, on their own level is able to have this perception and this understanding of Sivlos, of Savlanus. And again, it may not be in our lifetime. It may be beyond that. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu ultimately, through a person's Savlanus, will see and realize that the Yeshua that the actual refuah is part and parcel of the mark itself, part and parcel of an outgrowth of the difficulty itself, as, as we saw in Mitzrayim, as we mentioned from Spain, as Hillel pointed out, and it's a representation of the of the, chametz, I'm sorry, of the, of the matzah and the mara. 
just to end, there's a fascinating Chazal. The Gemara says that in this world, before Yom Oshel Mashiach, there are two different brachas that we make. On tragedy, we say, Baruch HaTah Hashem Alokin HaMelech HaOlam, Dayin HaAmes. And when positive things happen, make a bracha tova hamitiv. And the Gemara gives different examples. When a person dies, the bracha is a dayin emes, and a person gets a windfall, it's hatova hamitiv. Different brachas that are made. The Gemara says in Sachim, the la'asa lavo, there's no longer going to be two brachas. It's all going to be one bracha tova hamitiv. Which means, Gemara is saying it's true. In this world, before Yomosha Mashiach, there is things which we're going to make a dayin emes on, which means we can't. Are not able to perceive the inherent tov, the, the atav of Akharish Baruch in that. And that's a normal human reaction. But the Gemara is telling us, but realize that that's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, the, really, the ultimate will be Musa Mashiach, only one bracha, tov ametiv, even when things, and the Gemara is really saying that even things which took place before Musa Mashiach will be able to, at that point, realize that the only one bracha was really appropriate. At the time, we had to make two. We had to make a bracha dynamis because it was impossible to see the positive, the benefit that came out of that. But the Gemara says, "Lasalova." After Mashiach is able to go, Mashiach comes and, and, and Lasalova. We're able to see things with a clarity. We're going to see the ability to make a tov meitiv on everything which took place, even those things that seemed at the time difficult and tragic. And that's exactly what Kadosh Baruch was responding to Moshe Rabbeinu. There's a fascinating idea where where. Right, the, the, the most famous question in, in, in probably in, in Jewish philosophy in Ashkafa is Tzadik Viralo and Rosh Tovlo, right? This was really the basic question that Chal Yisrael was saying, that why are we deserving of this? We're, we're trying to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're trying to accept Moshe Zorbeinu's leadership. And look what happens. It got worse for us. Tzadik Vitovlo. I'm Tzadik Viralo. It's tzadik, this, we're, we're doing, trying to do things, everything right. And look what happened. Look what happened as a result. And Moshe Rabbeinu was the first one to express that question in a to form Takarish Baruch Hu. The Gemara says he asked Takarish Baruch Hu this question: How could it be Tzadik Viralo? And the Gemara says Takarish Baruch Hu was Hirilo Tfilam Yachorav. Takarish Baruch Hu showed him whatever that means. Takarish Baruch Hu was Tfilam from the back. And the Gemara says the, the idea of you can't see Takarish Baruch Hu from the front; you can see Takarish Baruch Hu from the back. And the first one say this idea that the back represents after the scenario, after what took place, after what happened. Kosh response is, yes, it's true, at that time, it'll be sometimes impossible to understand the inherent goodness that's coming out. Afterwards, from the back, from in hindsight, it'll be possible to see the tremendous atav and the way the Medrash says that works in this mechanism of an outgrowth of the Maka itself, an outgrowth of difficulty itself is the Yeshua, is the inherent goodness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And again, it's very difficult for us to see, difficult for us to accept that. That's really what betachon is. The greatest level of betachon is the more the person is able to reach. Again, Hillel was the, in the ultimate level. The person is able to see, he said, it can't be we're even screaming. It can't be my family is even crying out because that's something which we would, they would never do on their level of betachon. Again, that's the highest level, the ultimate level. But everyone in their own way to have that midah of betachon, which really represents this concept. Not that I believe everything is supposed to work out the way I want it to work out, the way I think it should, should work out, but to be able to accept that Kodesh Baruch who wants it to work out is ultimately for, my, for the Hatava, ultimately something which is going to be for my benefit, but it takes sivlos. It takes a person waiting and having that, that patience to see things beyond the moment at time and to be able to accept them. That's the ultimate answer that Moshe gave to Kalal Yisrael, which took them again 
time to see and time to accept and time to perceive. But ultimately, this was the best thing for Klai because they never would have actually left Mitzrayim if not for the difficulty, the Koshia Sheba, the difficulty of the Sheba, which was able to reduce the Sheba down to 110 years. And ultimately, Klai survived as a result. Thank you. Um, and when-